0: On this episode, you'll hear about Wellness, Fitness, French Aulism, and Lifestyle, a tray fucking chic gangster podcast hosted by fitness and wellness French hedonism guru and creator of The Method, The Body, yours truly, Ingrid Delamar Kenny, live from Monte Carlo, Monaco. On this show, you'll find a mix of audio entertainment, including listener and audience questions answered about health, wellness, lifestyle, family, and relationships, and my French tips to be healthy, have your best body, and transform both your body and your mindset into the happiest ever, as well as living la belle vie lifestyle like a chic French gangster. I'm Ingrid Delamar Kenny, I'm the CEO and founder of The Method. She's also my wife and she's the smartest woman I've ever met. First of all, she's my mom and she's really cool. She's all that and she's a superhero. Never mind CEO, she's gangster. This is the Pardon My French podcast. Hello and welcome to episode 41 of Pardon My French. I am Ingrid Delamar Kenny and I am your host live from beautiful Monaco. Here is the long awaited, long anticipated and much delayed episode about hypothyroidism and overall hormonal balance. This is a conversation that I've started since forever. Um, However, I am finding that my audience and audience overall has finally kind of migrated from diet culture to being more in tune with their hormones. And that is something that makes me tremendously happy because hormones are my shtick. Just so you know, I am not talking out of my ass. I have an ACSM CEP certification, which makes me a certified clinical exercise and hormonal response physiologist. So just so you know, I have the credentials, I have done the studies, I have the certifications, but also I have tremendous, tremendous passion, personal history with hormonal response especially when it comes to fitness and metabolism and a lot of experience with private clients that I have treated. I could actually call them patients but I've learned to be very humble and leave these terms to actual doctors. I am not a doctor but I am certified in physical and hormonal response like fitness and hormonal response physiology so just so you know I know what I'm talking about I am licensed to talk about it and so this is what we're going to get into when that does this become an actual conversation when every other thing under the sun has failed What am I saying? It's something I've spoken about in a few of my previous episodes. You have done every fucking diet under the sun. You have starved yourself. You have plateaued. You have lost a tremendous amount of weight and you've gained it back. That is when you realize that something is not fucking working. So you change your exercise regimen. And you went from something soft to something really hardcore. Maybe you've become a jogger. Maybe you've become a marathon runner. Maybe you become addicted to high intensity, high density workouts. Maybe you become obsessed with Barry's boot camp. Maybe you've become obsessed with other classes. Nothing is doing the trick. When all else fails, you finally realize that either. A professional is going to blame it on your DNA and say it is just your DNA, you're just bulky, you're just chubby or you are gonna find someone like me that is going to talk to you about your hormones and this is the core of your metabolism. So let's discuss what could be happening for you you have gone to the doctor because you felt sluggish. You felt your metabolism is sluggish. You felt tired, maybe having some hair loss, not quite feeling yourself and hearing a lot about hormones in the wellness space and thinking, I'm going to go to my hormone specialist or my endocrinologist and I'm going to get my hormones tested. Turns out, your doctor tells you, You're in the middle range of the THS level. You're absolutely fine. I cannot prescribe anything to you. Have some vitamins and get the fuck out of my office. Come out of there and your intuition tells you, that can't be. If I can't lose weight like I used to, if I'm gaining weight, eating very, very much the same as before or eating extremely healthy, cutting down a lot of carbs or cutting down a lot of unhealthy food you used to use before and nothing works or you feel extremely tired or pathologically very anxious you have to ask yourself i may be in the middle range but something is still wrong with me and no doctor is going to validate me that is where the problem is middle range of the middle of the ths range is actually not good enough And that is where it becomes a medically very gray area because you can still have a very sluggish, tired thyroid that is not performing well enough for you to feel 100%. You have to realize that a lot of American doctors don't find gaining weight, gaining a little bit of weight. Short of being borderline obese, they don't find it unhealthy. They just think, you know what, you know, have some you know, uh, celery juice and, you know, take some supplements and go to the gym some more, do some cardio. That is not their area of expertise. They look at hormones very much like they look at percentages and, you know, um, ranges and like just statistics. They look at hormones statistically, except if we wanted to add shit up, we'd be accountants. That is not what your health is about. Your health is not always about the numbers. And this is where hormones becomes really tricky because your tests can actually come back what is considered middle range and normal. However, you feel what you feel and you know what you know. And this is where you can help yourself naturally, even if your doctor won't hear you out. So, a shift in your hormones can put the brakes on your body's energy use. And that is what's happening when you feel like you're doing everything right and yet when you get on the scale or put those jeans on, everything is feeling and looking wrong. That can make you tired. Some conditions, like an underactive or an overactive thyroid, are hormonal conditions that affect your metabolism. Stress also releases hormones that can trigger a slowdown in your metabolism. That is where the cortisol hormone comes in and that's why I speak so much of it. If this is your first time listening to my podcast, I suggest you go back, way back, to start hearing me speak about cortisol from my very, very first episodes and on. This is something you really want to educate yourself on because this is something your doctors do not talk to you about. Doctors do not talk to you about hormonal response. They talk to you about hormonal health, hormonals, hormonal numbers, and hormonal prescription. So that's where you know, there's a big difference between what I do, what a naturopath does, and what a doctor does. Does that make sense? I hope it makes sense. So what hormones slow down your metabolism. For example, you have a behavior and obesity hormone. Various studies have shown that a person's blood leptin level drops after a low kilojoule diet. That's an example. The leptin hormone is your behavior and obesity hormone. It's actually your satiation hormone. So what happens with the leptin hormone? So you understand what my point is here where I'm getting to hormone imbalance can slow your metabolism. Too much estrogen, estrogen dominance can slow the metabolism of fat and lead to weight gain. So you have, this is why I say that you have to try and get enough fiber in the day from food and with the help of simply inulin. Get it, getting about 20, 28 to 35 grams of fiber a day is actually a good way of flushing out the excess, est- the excess estrogen in your body because too much estrogen will slow your metabolism of fat and lead to weight gain. Now, let's talk about the triggers that will slow your hormones down and that will slow your metabolism down. So if you've answered yes to a few of the things that I've mentioned, we now know that you can blame a slower metabolism on your hormones or a lack of hormones. A natural lack of estrogen, for example, a natural lack of estrogen receptors in the brain due to aging will cause weight gain without consuming more calories. So for example, I felt around the age of 27 that my metabolism was already changing. I felt it again around the age of 33. And I felt it again at age 40. I am now 42. I very much have noticed that through the stages of my life, my hormonal stages, and while I was getting older, my estrogen receptors in my brain have caused me to gain weight without consuming more calories. I've had to start being careful about foods I didn't have to be careful about. So people put on 10% a decade because of how hormones change how we age, as we age. So you will put on about about 10% a decade depending on how you age because of your hormones. And that is that is a scientific fact. So you need to really be mindful of your estrogen levels. You're going to want to get your estrogen tested and maybe you have already and maybe it came back so inconclusive that your doctor said, you know what, for your age, your estrogen levels are right. But the problem is that very often, you don't want to go with that 10% weight gain and sometimes for many of us, it's a lot more than that. So to a doctor this seems about right because of your age. And so having a little bit of extra love handles or a little bit more junk in the trunk is okay to your doctor medically because he's looking at it from um, a demographic analysis and he's looking at it from a chart where it's about right for your age. But when you look at your jeans, you want to be wearing the same jeans you wore 10 years ago. And I can understand that. So... How do your hormones slow down your metabolism? The amount of the hormone testosterone in both men and women decreases as we age. So now we're talking about us women. This is all about feminine health, right? The testosterone helps regulate the muscle mass. And the more muscle you have, the more calories you burn, even when you're resting. So while men are able to prevent this change by getting more vitamin D, for example, The same effect has not been confirmed in women. So even if you boost your vitamin D intake, including egg yolks or, you know, salmon or vitamin fortified cereals, you still will not see a difference. What can you do? What can you do to be able to prevent the change the way that men would just by improving their vitamin D intake. Vitamin D for women are not enough to get the testosterone levels higher. I'm going to be talking about that. Another one that can be a trigger to your metabolism is your cortisol. So stress can cause your cortisol levels to rise. The more you age, the more your cortisol levels will affect your resistance to insulin. So Include increased cortisol levels can come not just from stress. I say this all the time. You really want to listen to my previous episodes. It can come also from the food that you digest, how you digest it, the environment where you live, the environment you work in, the environment you put yourself through when you're having your lunch. Are you outdoors? Are you in the sun? Are you in daylight? All of that stuff. What kind of vegetables are you ingesting? How are they cooked? How do you digest them? Are you having enough fatty acids in your body? If you don't and you're, taking, you're having too much fiber, you might be putting your digestive system in distress, causing bloat, causing cramps. So there's a lot of things that can come into play to cause your cortisol levels to rise. And having your cortisol levels rising will cause you to overeat. And when you overeat, you gain weight. Weight gain causes your metabolism to, your metabolism to slow down. So It's kind of like a spiral. Your cortisol levels go up. Your cortisol levels are much more sensitive and go up even more as you age. When they go up, you resist insulin a lot more. You overeat. When you overeat, you gain weight. Gaining weight actually slows down your metabolism even more. Are you depressed yet? I am just from saying that, but we have some solutions. So to counteract stress, you have to avoid people. Situations that cause your stress level to spike whenever possible. You really have to adopt a stress busting exercise routine and don't think that very, very harsh, intense exercise is actually good for your cortisol levels. As you age past the age of 27, 28, you want to be very mindful of your workout conditions. So, very loud music very dark environments, the red lights in the spinning classes can very much affect your cortisol levels and can very much affect your midsection as a result. So, go back to my previous episodes. There's one that's called Are You Wet or Dry? Which explains the difference between gaining wet muscle mass or dry muscle mass. You really wanna listen to that exercise. I go all into the hormonal effect, the hormonal response to fitness. Um, and why you should maybe go low impact, low intensity, low density, and not worry that you're not getting enough sweat out of your body to lose the weight. Lack of sleep can change your metabolism, so you really want to sleep enough as well. But this is really not um, the core of this podcast. I've spoken about all of these um, factors before. There is one thing i need to talk about and it is you know something we always have to say when we are health practitioners but not doctors i am not a doctor i am not telling you to bypass taking medications it is very possible you are on an antidepressant drug or a diabetes drug or a steroid or hormones therapy you should not stop taking those Because of this podcast, you must absolutely talk to your doctor. The options I'm going to give you do not make up for medication and do not substitute a doctor's opinion and a doctor's um or a doctor diagnosis. That being said, let's go into the thyroid and hypothyroidism. This is not a way of self diagnosing yourself it's a way of answering some questions and some desperation you may feel because you haven't been able to get an answer or a solution to the way you know you feel and the way you're feeling from going to a doctor and get it getting your hormones result, your, your hormone tested and results so what's the thyroid gland the thyroid gland is a small butterfly shaped gland in the neck just in front of the windpipe now, very often, when a client comes to me and starts complaining about having worked out their whole life or recently really working out intensely, dieting, or eating super healthy and not getting the results they're looking for, I will be looking in that exact area of their body, right in the neck, just in, the front, just in front of the windpipe, and I'm going to see if they are swollen. If I see that it is swollen, usually I will send them to an endocrinologist or a hormone specialist immediately to get their thyroid tested. So you might want to look at yourself in the mirror and see if your thyroid is swollen. And you will see it because you'll notice that your neck is not exactly how it used to be and it might be seriously showing a little bit of swelling. So you might want to be kind of looking at that in the mirror and if that's the case, you want to go to a doctor. This episode may help you and whatever you can take from it, the takeaway cannot hurt. But if you have a swollen thyroid area in your neck next to the windpipe, you want to go to a doctor and have it checked out. And the way to check it out will be by checking your thyroid, you know, with further testing. So, What is the thyroid gland? One of its main functions is to produce hormones that help regulate the body's metabolism. So that's the process that turns food into energy. Do you realize that all of your life, you've been dieting, you've been going to the gym, you've been hiring coaches, you've been hiring registered dietitians, you've been hiring nutritionists, all kinds of health and wellness specialists, But you've never once actually thought of your thyroid gland and you've never thought that the very epicenter of your metabolism is actually right in your neck. So realize this, the main function of the thyroid is to produce hormones that help regulate the body's metabolism, which the process is to turn food into energy. These hormones are called triodothyronine and thyroxine. There's actually a medication for hypothyroidism that's called tyroxine or tyroxine, whatever, whatever it's called in your country. Many body functions slow down when the thyroid does not produce enough of these hormones. So that's when you're in hypothyroidism. In France, we are told the statistics in the United States because of your environment and the types of food that you are eating that the level of hypothyroidism, the statistics of women affected by hypothyroidism is about 75%, which is huge and comes from your living environment in the States and the food that you're eating. So even if you're really thriving on eating non-GMO and eating a lot of organic food and you're being really careful about um, not eating too much protein, animal protein, or you're being really careful about you know, the, 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 the cheeses that you eat and the dairy and the processed food that you may be eating you can still be affected by hypothyroidism. Now, this is what I was referring to when I was saying you may have tested your thyroid and you may have come back in the middle THS range, which a doctor would deem completely okay and let you leave his office without a solution, without a prescription, and without really anything to say to you to make you feel better about how you feel overall. A doctor will consider that gaining 10% of your weight at different stages of your hormonal life is actually normal. So even if you run into your doctor's office and say, what the fuck, I've, been, I've gained 8 to 10 pounds. The doctor is going to say, let me test your hormones. And if they come back middle range, he's going to deem that weight gain completely normal because that's expected due to the way that you now metabolize, you know, um, that you now metabolize food into energy. And that's where it's all fucked up because at age 40, you can very well look the way you did when you were 30 or 25. But medically speaking, you're not expected to look that way. So that's why very often doctors don't have a solution for this problem. While it's a problem for us to not fit in the same jeans as we did before, medically speaking, it's not alarming yet to a doctor. So that's why perhaps we can do a few things naturally to try and bring you a little bit to a better level than just middle range middle range in America means that your metabolism is sluggish but because of the statistics of your age um, it's going to be considered fine but it's not fine to us I hope that makes sense what are the symptoms of a lazy thyroid gland so, that butterfly-shaped endocrine gland, which is located in the lower front of the neck. Now, remember, the thyroid job is to make hormones, which are secreted into the blood and then carried to every tissue in the body. So, this thyroid hormone helps the body make energy and metabolize. It regulates the temperature, it keeps the brain, the heart, your muscles, and other organs working as they should. Now remember, when doctors look at your levels, they go on a chart that tells them that even though your thyroid hormone is working well and in the middle range, the way that it helps the body make energy, metabolize, regulate temperature, keep the brain, heart and muscles and other organs working as they should, it expects them to work a little bit Less meaning not as well as before. And this is where we kind of hit an obstacle because we want it to work as well as before. And why not? When the body isn't making enough thyroid hormones, your symptoms will be fatigue. Fatigue, irritability, weight gain, stubborn weight gain in hormonal areas. So like the midsection, the inner thighs, the hips, the exactly where your bra strap is in the back of, in your back, that is a hormonal weight gain, your arms. So you could be working out your arms and they still don't look the way they used to. Um, your hair would start thinning. Your skin would be dry all the time and you would feel a little bit depressed, if not a lot. So you'd have like mood swings almost feels like a constant state of PMS, if that makes sense. Experts feel that between 40 and 60% of people with thyroid disease do not even know they have it. And I truly believe that's the case because life gets in the way. So you will blame your hair loss, for example, on the season. Oh, it's shedding season you will blame your depression on your problems. Right now, we have COVID-19. A lot of people have, um, you know, worries about their future. Some people have lost their jobs. There's always something that, you know, life gets in the way and makes you feel tired and sluggish. And, and of course, the weight gain is really something that we attribute to how we eat. So we keep changing how we eat. Or we say, oh, I plateaued on this diet. It doesn't work for me anymore. Let me try this other diet. Or this product does this to me. Let me try this other product. Um, there's no magic product, not even simply inulin, not even simply chased Berry, which I'm going to talk about. Um, your hormone, your thyroid hormone is really the epicenter, the core of everything that you feel. So even dry skin, if your skin is getting super dry and it wasn't like that before, you need to question your hormone. Low thyroid hormone can also cause more serious symptoms like difficulty sleeping. It can mess up your cycle, so changes in your menstruation. You will have gastrointestinal symptoms. Because symptoms of hypothyroidism can resemble those of other diseases, Or those of feeling stressed. It really varies from person to person, but very often we don't even recognize them because they resemble other issues that we may have and that we may blame on life or on what we're eating, on what we're doing. Um, A blood test will definitely, definitely be able to detect hypothyroidism unless unless you come back middle range. So as far as I'm concerned, and that's my expert opinion, don't forget that I have certifications. So clinically, I am a physiologist in hormonal response. In my opinion, being middle range when you're past the age of 30 is not good enough health-wise. Now, I got a lot of messages about women suffering from Hashimoto. Hashimoto disease is an autothyroid disease. Now, if you're suffering from Hashimoto, all of my suggestions can help you, but you are still going to need the medication that you're being prescribed. So I won't speak directly about the condition because I think Hashimoto is a very, it's not a general condition. It's not a one size fits all condition. Actually, there are no hormonal conditions that are one size fits all. But I want to talk about the natural way to really balance your hormones and help a thyroid that's a little bit sluggish and that's getting slow with age. Or even simply, some people have very premature um, aging in their hormonal functions and they will feel sluggish even in their mid-20s. Sometimes because they've had an eating disorder, or they've been, you know, eating so poorly because they've been following some very damaging diets. So this is not just for people that are aging, it's not just for a woman from the age of 30 on. It can very well be advice that is directed at young women who, you know, are still at a very early stage in their hormonal life, early 20s. Mid twenties, but who have always dieted and may have damaged their hormone, you know, their hormones a little bit. Um, it's recoverable. There's no such thing as a permanent condition, unless you know you need to have your thyroid removed or things like that. But I'm talking about you know the sluggishness is something that you know can be remedied or at least improved. Um, let's just not get into real medical condition. I think I will leave that for the doctors and let's talk about general information on how to help with sluggish hormones and hypothyroidism. Um, There are so many nutritional factors that play a role in optimizing your thyroid function. So the right diet is so important to help prevent and manage the condition that can come with, you know, a thyroid disease or thyroid weaknesses. When it comes to Hashimoto, for example, even though I said I don't want to speak about it, um, you usually have to look into inflammation of the gut and celiac disease to see if you need to remove gluten out of your diet. And that's very common to those suffering from Hashimoto. Um. So if you're already feeling like your hormones are being sluggish and you aren't getting the answers from your doctor, you want to look very deeply into your gut. And that's where Simply Inulin is so helpful. But you know that I've never, ever recommended Simply Inulin as, as the sole magical tool to balance your gut out. There is so much that needs to go into changing your diet to address microbiome dysfunction. So nutritional therapy like prebiotic is amazing. So simply inulin, getting a lot of fiber from real food in their natural forms, not smoothies, because very often the fiber is stripped away and you're left with the glucose and the fructose in the fruit or the vegetable. Um, you want to have a diet lower in sugar and lower in starch and carbohydrates to decrease the inflammation and balance immunity. Um, you want to go through maybe an elimination diet. So very often when people tell me that they have a hard time with simply inulin and they still feel so bloated, but in a way where they really don't feel good, so we're past the adjustment period and it's kind of like still going on, you want to identify food triggers to your autoimmune response. So you want to think like, okay, how do I react to beetroots? How do I react to onions? They are foods, like food map types of foods that can really trigger you, especially when you're faced with hypothyroidism of sorts. So you want to look into that and maybe go through an elimination diet just to figure out what's triggering the inflammation in your microbiome. And then the way to eradicate the inflammation is not to never eat these foods again. It's to eliminate them first. So you go on that microbiome cleanse. And then after two weeks of a low food map diet, for example, you will reintroduce them one by one. And there's a very specific way of doing it. You can look on Google. Um, you could also talk to a registered dietitian or a nutritionist that is very familiar with the food map sensitivity. There are a lot of naturopaths also that help with clearing that up. So you have to realize this does not mean that you will be restricting these foods out of your life forever. It is just for a period of 12 weeks until you can slash the food map sensitivity. Now, probiotics. Probiotics in cultured food, so sauerkraut, labne, kefir. This is why we have simply kefir grains um, at simply gangster chic, uh, because you can actually make your own vegan coconut yogurt, and it's cultured. Um, it's a cultured food. It's a probiotic. If you have it with Simply Inulin, you have symbiotic therapy, which is amazing for someone suffering from hypothyroidism or sluggish thyroid. Uh, so, you want to look into that. Now, the best supplement, and you know I don't like supplements, but when you are looking at a sluggish thyroid, And when you're looking at potentially needing to balance your hormones, feeling like they're not giving you 100%, or they're giving you less than what they used to give you before as far as your metabolism, the only supplement that I would say to look into is zinc. It's such a beneficial thing to thyroid function and hormone levels. And it's been shown to have a positive effect on thyroid function in overweight women, so if you are gaining weight inexplicably and you're either diagnosed with hypothyroidism or you're told you're in the middle range, then you want to add zinc into your everyday diet supplementation. They are incredible herbs. And before I talk to you about berry, simply berry. Um, I'm going to talk to you again about ashwagandha. Ashwagandha is an adaptogen. I've spoken about it so many times. It's shown to tremendously improve thyroid function for people with hypothyroid, hypothyroid, sorry. Um, so it's an herb and it works on several body functions. It helps balance out these functions and it regulates metabolic process. So it's actually, you can't go wrong. Ashwagandha is an herb, it's not medication. Um, this does not mean that you need to give up on any medication that your doctor has prescribed. And if you are taking medications for this already and you want to add my suggestion of taking ashwagandha, you want to talk to your doctor about it. Regulation of thyroid function can be so tricky. So it really recommends that you follow your intuition, that if you're followed by a doctor, you speak to your doctor about all of this. That if your doctor has given you no solutions and sent you on your way saying you're perfectly healthy and you are going to go with my approach, you still need to be very in tune. Don't insist in doing things or taking something that I recommend. If you don't feel good, stop taking it immediately. There's nothing that's one size fits all. But again, whatever I recommend is always whether it has an effect or not, or if it has a positive effect, great. If it has a negative effect, it's going to be something like bloating or not feeling so good with it. Just stop taking it. If after a while, what you would consider an adjustment period, you don't feel good, don't say, well, but Ingrid says it's supposed to work, so I'm going to keep on taking it. Don't do that. Follow your intuition. Everyone's different. There might be other underlying issues that make you sensitive to it. So just follow your intuition, ask questions, you know, reach out to naturopaths, reach out to me if I can, I will answer you. Um, but don't, don't put your intuition on the shelf just because I said to do something. And I'm not just trying to cover myself here um, from liability. That's not it. I just, we are in a space right now where the health space is under fire uh, because of a diet having possibly hurt so many. And as much as I blame the perpetrator of this diet, you know, and, and the diet itself and the diet mentality and industry, something has to be said about people that have continued to take products that have made them sick and sicker and sicker. And because they were so, um, I want to say, so impressed with the person recommending it they trusted that person so much and that person looked so good to them that they were willing to put up with horrible symptoms just thinking that's part of the game or maybe I'm doing something wrong let me keep on trying if you don't feel good just fucking stop there's nothing even i as an expert or this dietitian or you know um creator of this diet it doesn't matter how qualified we are. Your body is more qualified than we are. So if ashwagandha doesn't work for you, stop. If simply inulin after the adjustment period still is making you feel like shit, stop. You might have a map intolerance. That means you have to stop simply inulin or take very, very small amounts while you go on a low map diet. You may have an allergy to ragweed. So if simply inulin past the four to six weeks period um, still makes you feel like shit, you might want to stop. It's not because I say it's great or because we have so many reviews of people who say it's fantastic that it has to absolutely work for you at any cost. If you're cramping, stop. Of course, if you're just farting a little bit and feeling bloated the first few weeks, it's adjustment. It's completely normal. We've spoken about this. Um, you can join the Facebook secret group, Gangsta Chic secret group. I'm going to put the link in the show notes. Um, there's a whole community of women using Simply Nulin, the other products, um, and just, you know, kind of following the Gangsta Chic way of life. And they kind of help each other with this stuff. Like, oh, what if my Nulin is comping? How do I prevent it from comping? Or, you know, I'm still farting. It's been a month and I'm still farting. So you'll have so many suggestions because nothing is one size fits all. I guess the point here is, you know, take the good, put it to good use. But if it doesn't work for you, it's okay. I'm not universally right about everything and everyone. The body is not one size fits all as we know. And what may work for one person may not work for another. Um, and it's very important, especially when you've gone to the doctor He's looked at your hormones. He's told you that your hormones are fine. You still feel like they aren't fine. So you're now listening to this podcast, kind of going with your intuition, going, I know my body. I know something's wrong. You're right. Being middle range is wrong. It's not just right. That's the thing with hormones. You want a little bit of margin with levels. You want them to be a little bit better than middle range. So... Once you've had the intuition of kind of going out on a limb and saying, okay, something's still wrong with my hormones. I'm going to take ashwagandha or I'm going to take simply chest berry. Um, You kind of want to continue with your intuition. Don't stop at a magical product. There are so many things. You know, if simply inulin, for example, is not doing it completely for you, maybe it is incompatible with what you're eating. For example, my daughter Savannah loved cheese and dairy. When she started going on Simply Inulin, she felt amazing but started to feel really like shit each time she had certain types of cheeses. So inulin helped her detect an undetectable intolerance to cheese. Certain cheeses. She's able to have fermented cheese. So all type of prebiotic cheeses she's able to have. And the second Simply Inulin has given her these aversions to certain cheeses. Her skin started to get better. Of course, she took Simply Chesberry, Berry, which is the new product in the store now, um, but which I've been using. I have used for the past six years on and off. And we've used on Savannah for the last three months, um, trying to regulate her cycle and fix, fix serious cystic acne that she had in all of the hormonal areas of her face. Um, But her aversion to cheese was simply inulin, really making her gut so intuitive at this point that she was able to figure out that cheese that is not fermented doesn't work for her. So be very intuitive and be very in tune. Listen to the whispers that your body is uttering out if that makes sense. So with hypothyroidism or a thyroid that's in the middle range, let's just even speak about that, your middle range. Your thyroid, middle range. That's why I said it's better to have margin with a thyroid that is better than middle range. And that's why I wish doctors kind of helped patients being a little bit better than middle range. Is because it makes you more inclined to suffering a thyroid imbalance if they consume certain foods. Many common foods and supplements contain compounds that interfere with thyroid function. So if your thyroid is just middle range, or if it's a little sluggish, it's going to be more affected by some processed food and some foods that we should not consume if we tend to have a middle range or a weak thyroid. Soy. Soy is the enemy. I say it all the time. The problem with soy is that today it is hiding in so many foods. It's hiding in healthy foods. It's hiding in some um, vegan, a lot of vegan products. It's hiding in a lot of um, nut milks, like. So it's it's in everything, and it has different names. So technically, you would have to find their factory names, like this soy lecithin, for example. Um, studies suggest that phytoestrogens in soybeans and soy-rich foods will inhibit the activity of an enzyme that makes thyroid hormones. In other words, I've been saying this so much. Soy is an estrogen mimicker. So, there are studies that found that women who consume soy supplements, for example, were three times more likely to have hypothyroidism. Unfortunately, very often you are consuming a lot of soy and you wouldn't even know because your favorite power bar or healthy bar contains soy lecithin. So just be really careful with soy content. A lot of people will say, well, does that mean that I can't have soy sauce anymore? You can have soy sauce once a week. If you have a sushi night, that's fine. Just try not to consume soy every day because you will be more likely, especially if you are middle range, you will be more likely to go very low range in your thyroid function. Iodine-rich foods are another problem. So, some forms of hypothyroidism are caused by lack of sufficient iodine. In such cases, using iodized salt. And the iodine-enriched food can be beneficial, but eating too much iodine can have the opposite effect and suppress thyroid gland activity. So it's kind of like you snooze, you lose, and you like you can't win if you do, and you can't win if you don't. Did that? Like no, that made no sense. But whatever, you know what I mean. It's like you can't consume too much iodine-rich food but you should consume enough of it. Um, so you kind of have to be careful with that. And we're talking about like foods rich in iodine. So iodine or iodine? I don't even know. Um, iron and calcium supplement. A lot of you like to take a lot of supplements. I get messages about this all the time. I don't like supplements. I think you should get your iron from your food and your calcium from your food. If the only time you should take some prescribed supplements such as iron and calcium is if you go for blood test and you're lacking, in which case you should go on a 3 months cure of it and then stop taking it and get it from your food. Um, the effectiveness of many thyroid medications are actually changed when you take too much iron and calcium. So what does that tell you? You should be careful with high fiber when you have hypothyroidism. And I know that a lot of people will say, well, how could this be? You're the queen of fiber. I'm not the fucking queen of fiber. I don't believe you should have too much fiber. I certainly don't believe you should use your whole jar of fucking inulin in one week. I think that makes you a simply inulin asshole. I don't think you should have more than 38 grams of fiber per day. And I certainly think you should only get your fiber from food if you can. And yeah, you can supplement a little bit with simply inulin because we don't really know as things stand today with our fruits and vegetables, if it really, really contains as much fiber as it did, say, 10 or 20 years ago. That being said, I want you to have five teaspoons of simply inulin a day, which gives you about 24.5 grams of fiber a day, but the rest you should get from your food. You should not overdo fiber intake. I know that fiber has been all that jam. I certainly contributed to making it all that jam, but having too much fiber is actually not so good when you have hypothyroidism. It's recommended to eat it right and too much fiber eaten right after taking thyroid medicine, for example, will interfere with their absorption. By the same token, I always say if you, if you take thyroid medication, take inulin an hour later, for example, um, or two hours just to be sure. You should have a high fiber meal. It's very important because it helps flush out the excess estrogen, but you don't want to overdo it. So you have to be very French about this. You know, like the, it's kind of like just the right measure. There are certain vegetables that you should not have too much and you should not have them raw if you have hypothyroidism. I speak about this all the time when it comes to cortisol levels, and this is correlated with hypothyroidism as well. Cruciferous vegetables that are rich in fiber, like broccoli, cabbage, spinach, kale, Brussels sprouts, may inhibit thyroid medication absorption. What does that tell us? This is how I know, even if you're not taking thyroid medication absorption because you're in middle range and you haven't been diagnosed and your doctor hasn't prescribed anything. This tells us that if you feel you have a sluggish thyroid, make sure that you reduce the amount of these cruciferous vegetables that you eat. And if you do eat them, you cook them a little fit. That means that you're going to cook them with a tiny drop of water, cover them up for about five, six minutes and make sure that they soften up, but you do not lose the colorful, vibrant aspect of your vegetables. Now, if you are going to eat those rich in fiber veggies, make sure you eat a variety of them. Don't eat broccoli every day. Don't eat cabbage every day. You should have one or the other or two of them every few days or once a week just to make sure that they don't inhibit um, your thyroid functions too much. So you want to, you know, Kind of look at that. I know it's crazy to say don't have high-fiber vegetables. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying go for variety. So if one of them may be detrimental to your thyroid production, at least you know you're avoiding that because it's not eating it once a week that is going to cause an issue. It's the consistent consumption of the same thing over and over that may inhibit something that will be a problem. Okay, now that I gave you the bad news, I'm going to give you the good news. What should you have? You should have nutrient-rich food that improves your health and that will, of course, benefit your thyroid gland. Certain compounds and supplements may help. Antioxidant-rich fruits and vegetables. You all know, if you've watched me on Instagram, that I was extremely angry at Dr. Gondry for demonizing fruits he is an asshole. I'm not going to go about it over and over. I've been very outspoken. Fruits are God's candy. So you should not be afraid of having food, fruits, and you should not be afraid of having tomatoes, which he says we shouldn't have because it's full of 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 lectins, which is crazy. So to help your thyroid, you want to have blueberries, tomatoes, bell peppers and other foods rich in antioxidants papaya is amazing as well there are so many fruits and vegetables that are very very high in antioxidants that will help with your thyroid function on top of it it's good for your health eating foods high in vitamin b whole grains are also great so i'm not demonizing whole grains you see me eating whole grains all the time and stuff like tomatoes blueberries All of that is amazing. Selenium. Tiny amounts of selenium are needed for the enzymes that make the thyroid hormones work properly. So eating selenium-rich food, like sunflower seeds, Brazil nuts, are so beneficial. Tyrosine. That's an amino acid. It's used by the thyroid gland to produce T3 and T4. A good source of tyrosine comes from meat, dairy, and legumes. You know I am all about it. Of course, I know if you are in the United States, you're super worried about consuming meats. You should try to have the healthiest and the safest meat. The way to source it is very, very important. I spoke about it in another podcast. I can't remember the episode, but if this is the first time you're listening to my podcast, please go back in time. There are some really good tips about sourcing meats from reliable markets, Farmers' markets, etc., etc. Um, dairy, if you go for dairy, fermented cheese are your best bet. On top of it, they probiotics. So it goes back to, you know, the microbiome health when it comes to your thyroid. So important. Um, let's talk about a herbal supplement. Now, you know I don't love supplements, but if you have hypothyroidism, it is not going to limit you from following a healthy lifestyle. You can help it, Um, you can choose to be a vegetarian, that's not gonna be a problem as long as you eat protein-rich foods, you can avoid certain ingredients like we spoke about. Now, let's talk about alternative medicine for hypothyroidism. Vitex Simply Chase Berry, and this is not an ad, This is something I put on the market because I've experimented. I've used it for a really long time for myself, having my own issues. I've used it on my daughter. I've used it on several clients and I've had incredible, incredible results. I've used it on people that had sluggish thyroids, Incredible results as well. And then, of course, the medical knowledge on it, the medical research doesn't lie. Um, Vitex called Gatillier in French is actually really well known here, and prescribed by doctors, but also prescribed by um, naturopaths. So it's something that is extremely researched here in France and in Europe. Um, Before I go into it more, I have Savannah here listening, and she's like, mom, you didn't explain selenium as much as I would have wanted you to, and I think that's a good point. So let's talk about selenium. now. I know there's a little bit of um, controversy over tuna, but if you source the right tuna once again, it is beneficial and you should have it about once a week. Don't overdo it. Turkey is amazing, Bra- Brazil nuts, grass-fed beef. Hashimoto, thyroiditis, um, is really an immune system attack on the thyroid so it often reduces the body selenium supply so I think that most of the research was mainly done for people suffering from Hashimoto so if we apply this to someone at a middle range level when it comes to thyroid or a weak thyroid but not Hashimoto not as serious as Hashimoto disease if you very often have these foods you're most likely going to boost your thyroid which is what we want you want to stay away from sugar i want to reiterate that very important inflammation slows down the conversion of t4 to triiodothyronine, thyroid thyro 9 sorry um or t3 another thyroid hormone and that can make your simt, your symptoms um more evident or you could actually bring the thyroid disease that you may not have. So if it's just a weak thyroid but you don't have a, a disease yet, sugar is definitely, you know, gonna boost um boost that issue. Uh sugar boosts your energy level in short terms, but eliminating it from your diet will help regulate your energy levels as well. So removing sugar from your diet will help stress levels and skin. I use coconut sugar, I alternate with um, a little bit of sucrine, but I'm very careful with sucrine because it has traces to fuel in it, so I use it not as much, but sometimes when I make cookies and stuff, the rest of the time I use coconut sugar, um, and not too much of it. I, I don't really love sugar, so it's good for me, um, but I do find that when I eat lots of sugar, I get kind of like this hormonal stare down where I kind of don't feel good you want to consume a lot of vitamin b peas beans asparagus sesame seeds you see me using a lot of sesame seeds so fatty acids such as sesame seeds cheese make sure it's fermented some milk if it's goat milk if it's fermented it's good if not try to stay away from it and eggs we've spoken about the probiotics you might want to go on a gluten-free diet if you've been diagnosed. Only if you've been diagnosed, you might want to go gluten-free. Celiac disease is a digestive disorder in which gluten triggers an immune response in the small intestine. Many people that have a weak thyroid feel better after removing wheat and other gluten-contained food from their diet. This is where I know that my thyroid, even though my test results are really good, may weaken a lot when I eat gluten. I find that I become so tired. I have a little bit of brain fog when I eat gluten. So I'm kind of more careful with gluten, except for sourdough. And when it comes to pasta, fresh pasta, actually I do well with every other kind of gluten, I don't think I'm intolerant, but I do think affect my thyroid functions. So I try to stay away from it. Glute, going gluten-free or minimizing the amount of gluten that you eat, um, avoiding food with you know, high levels of wheat might be really good. Pre-packaged gluten-free food are unhealthy. So I really stay away from prepackaged gluten-free food and talking about bread and like things like that. So if I'm going to eat gluten, I usually try to eat fresh gluten. So like I said, French, fresh pasta. Um, it's important to kind of look at all these things, not as mandatory, not as restrictive, but as measures that you take to feel better. So you want to be in tune with your body. And if something doesn't make you feel good, you want to subtract it for a while or eat a little bit less of it. It might be completely okay for me to have the Checo dry pasta once a week. And I would try to have it at lunch because at night it makes me feel more sluggish. And I know I've used that word sluggish so much, but when it comes to my hormonal response to food, to environment, to things, this is exactly how I feel. I feel sluggish. Um, I don't want you to look at this as something restrictive. I want you to look at it as subtracting to feel better. And you can still have whatever you fancy. Just don't have it as often and make sure you pick a time in the day where you tolerate it better. So here is a kicker. When your thyroid makes less of its hormones as it does in hypothyroidism or as being in middle range Your metabolism slows down, so you won't burn off calories as quickly as you'll gain weight. The weight gain is not extreme. Usually it's 5 to 10 pounds, but they feel so stubborn that you may try everything and nothing works. So it's going to affect you mentally. It's going to affect your self-esteem. And it's going to be a roller coaster of emotions, of cortisol, levels going out of whack, and possibly resisting more insulin and gaining more weight. Now that will make you afraid of having good fats. And this is where most people with a weak thyroid go wrong. They kind of stay away from fatty acids because they're known as higher calorie types of food. But without the fatty acids, the way you metabolize fiber, for example, is going to give you an aversion um, I want to say an aversive more like reaction so you'll get bloated you'll retain water you need the fatty acids I will do a whole episode on fatty acids in the meantime if you are following me on Instagram I have a whole highlight called fatty acids where I talk about the bicycle uh, it's an imagery of the bicycle and how it works, and how you need to grease up the chains for the bicycle to keep on performing well. And the body is very much the same. If you want, for example, your liver to detox your body, and if you want to exert excess estrogen out of your body through your liver and your bowel, you need to eat fatty acids without that oiling up, healthy oiling up of your organs and your body functions on the inside. You can eat as much fiber as you want. It will all be dry inside. Imagine a full Gigi cracker, which is like card box, kind of going through your body without any oils and trying to like get by and whoosh out excess estrogen or toxins. It's not going to work. So if you're subtracting fatty acids because you're feeling like you have that extra 5-10 pounds from your metabolism slowing down due to hypothyroidism or weaker thyroid, you're gaining weight, so you're cutting down all these fats. Well, actually, you're making matters worse and fiber alone is not going to help you. Having three liters of water with fiber alone is a crock of shit. Don't do it. I've spoken about this in a previous episode as well, so I'm not going to repeat it again. So you want to gravitate toward fatty acids mackerel is amazing, pine nuts, sesame seeds, eggs, there's so many amazing fatty acids that you can eat. I have another episode on hormones called hormones, like a whore, um, where I talk extensively about sources of fatty acids, so you want to look into that. That is definitely so helpful to hormonal inflammation and to alleviating the symptoms um, of Weak thyroid or of hypothyroidism. Um, It is said for people that suffer from hypothyroidism that they should avoid coffee, and that's the caffeine in the coffee. So, if you're doing simply inulin coffee, you could do it in the morning just to give your metabolism a kick, and it's still going to be absolutely fine. But don't consume coffee all day long. So maybe you wanna switch the afternoon to matcha or to decaf. Decaf is great. You add your simply inulin in it. But don't um don't go on a coffee high. I guess it's like everything else that I've been saying, you have to kind of have French good measure. A little bit of this and a little bit of that is not gonna hurt anyone, but a lot of it will, you know, too much of a good thing is a bad thing kind of thing. Um, but yeah, I think this is pretty much all of it. I'm going to talk to you about Chase Berry a little bit, um, but I don't want it to come off as commercial or advertising. It's just so apropos. And the reason why I pushed off uh, releasing the podcast is because I kind of wanted to see from releasing simply Chase Berry as, um, as I did this week kind of what the questions would be, what are the concerns, so I could possibly answer them on this podcast, and this podcast could become a source of referral when people have questions about the product. First of all, this product is made in France, it is completely natural, completely pure, there are no thickeners, there are no obscure ingredients, we're not allowed to do that in France. very much unlike supplements in the United States, where there are a lot of obscure ingredients and stuff called natural flavors, which should make you feel better, but should but don't, because natural flavors are, again, a crock of shit. Um, these little capsules are completely vegan. They are um, what you would call vegetal, so they're made out of vegetables, um, and they are made by our, not even a chemist. It's an herbalist. Um, so he prepares them by hand and he crushes the chase berry into, so it, they, it's dry chest, uh, chest berry and he just crushes it, grinds it, and then creates those little capsules that you see in the, in the bottle. But before I go into the process, let me explain. So I called it simply berry because that's what the plant is called. It also goes by the name of Vitex um, and also Agnus Castus. So Agnus Castus Chasteberry Vitex, simply berry as we call it, is our hormonal booster. It's handmade. Um, the crop is pure Mediterranean organic grown Chasteberries our herbalist as i was saying an alchemist grinds the berries coarsely and artisanally places the ground berries in vegan hard shell capsules that will not affect your digestion negatively this is all done in france um very important about the capsules some of the capsules you're on the market are bovine which makes them not vegan Some of them could be gelatin. I absolutely hate gelatin, so we made sure that ours is made out of vegetables. Uh, chestberry Vitex has been shown to help balance estrogen and progesterone during the menstrual cycle, for example, and alleviate PMS symptoms. It can also regulate your cycle. So if you have a short cycle, it may lengthen it. If you have a cycle that's too long, it may shorten it, but if you have a long cycle, it will not make it longer. So it kind of has this natural way of evening ev- everything out, so balancing everything out. Uh, Chessberry has been shown to help re-establish normal balance of estrogen and progesterone during the menstrual cycle, but it also blocks pro- ac- prolactin secretion in women with with excessive levels of this hormone. So excessive levels of prolactin can lead to breast tenderness and failure to ovulate. So Vitex comes in, chestberry comes in and kind of takes away all of these, um, I guess, all of these aches and pains that you get from PMS. It helps with fertility. It also helps to reduce... Um, fibrocystic breast disease, so breast tenderness. It helps with acne and premenstruation acne. If you go on the website or if you've been on my Instagram, you will see a before and after within three months of my daughter Savannah, who's taken it. She's taken six capsules every day for three months. She would stop for five days during her period because that's how I recommend you take it. Her skin completely cleared up. She went from an 18- to 22 day cycle to tw- a perfect 28 day cycle. She doesn't have very bad PMS cramps anymore. She had really bad PMS migraines, which have stopped as well. So it's really worked well from her, for her. Um, It has been shown also to treat amenorrhea. Uh, so, Anything that has to do with menstruation and fertility, it may help. Now, you have to realize, when we say fertility, it doesn't necessarily mean that you want to get pregnant. Fertility simply means your feminine health is balanced. So to say you're fertile does not mean you want to get pregnant. Saying you're fertile means your hormones are balanced and healthy. Um, There are so many other benefits, but the one I want to talk to you about when it comes to hypothyroidism. And it can help with thyroidism also, with hyperthyroidism also. Um, it's very useful in balancing the sex hormones that are thrown off during thyroid dysfunction. So having Vitex, simply chestberry, um, could definitely alleviate the symptoms of hypothyroidism. You can give you know, a boost to your thyroid if your if your thyroid is lazy, in other words. So um, it can be beneficial. It's not specifically made for that, but the fact that hypothyroidism is simply a hormonal function that weakens the fact that berry kind of balances out your hormones and balances out your progesterone and estrogen production and the way that they metabolize, well, automatically, it's going to jumpstart your metabolism. So you might want to give it a try, but you don't have to. You can definitely make all of the other changes changes that I discussed in this podcast without res- resorting to this herb. That's just a bonus Um And I never want you to think that I use the podcast to um, promote my products. As you know, I don't really promote anything. I will always explain my products and kind of give you a handbook to my products. But the idea behind the podcast is kind of giving support to my audience so that they can optimize their health while using my products. But they don't need to use the products, is the point. You could still optimize your health in so many other ways. I have so many audience members who have yet to take the plunge and having simply buying simply anulin, and they still tell me that they've made tremendous changes to their health and their lifestyle based on my recommendations. And that makes me so happy. So don't ever think that the bottom line in this podcast or any other podcast is that you need to buy Chase Berry, simply chestberry, Berry, um, to deal with a weak thyroid or hypothyroidism. I hope that makes sense. I hope I answered a lot of your questions. Um, obviously, one podcast is not enough. Again, if you feel that what you're feeling is serious and one doctor did not satisfy you with his diagnosis, you can implement some of my tips but you could definitely go to another specialist until someone hears you out. When it comes to your hormones, doctors are amazing, but you know best. If you feel something is off, then something is possibly off. So you want to go and implement some of the great tips I gave you. They're so easy. Um you can't hurt it can't hurt to try. And that's it. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. Let me know if you have any questions. You can send me a message on Instagram. You could send a voice message here on Anchor. Um, There is a link in the show notes. So you can do that. And I might feature your message on the next podcast and answer your questions. With that, so much love from Monaco. Bisous bisous.